Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to our visitors who are worshiping with us today. This past week, it's as though heaven opened and all the snow up there dumped down on us, isn't it? God speaks of heaven opening back in Isaiah chapter 64. And it's been said, when God opens heaven, sinners better duck. When God comes in judgment, watch out. But today, as we look at Jesus' baptism, heaven opens there too. And it's good news for us. We'll hear more about that in our service today and in our songs. We begin with the gathering right on baptism. Please stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Surely we were sinful at birth, from the, sinful from the time our mothers conceived us. baptized children of God, we confess our sins. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins. And trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
us pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan, you proclaimed him your beloved son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Keep us who are baptized into Christ, faithful in our calling as your children, and make us heirs with him of everlasting life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. In our first lesson taken from Isaiah chapter 49, God speaks of Jesus here as his secret weapon whom he would unsheathe and bring salvation to the ends of the earth. It was really when heaven opened at Jesus' baptism that God proclaimed that. Here's Jesus. This is the beginning of his public ministry, God's sword unsheathed. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant nations. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my mother's womb, he has spoken my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Israel, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing at all. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and gather Israel to himself, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. The word of the Lord.
In our second lesson from Romans chapter 6, Paul speaks of our baptism, where heaven opened and Christ united himself with us, so that as God's forgiven children, we may live a new life in thanks to him. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Please stand. today from Mark chapter 1, the basis for our sermon. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to you, O Christ. Please be seated for our next hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One. Amen. God's word we consider in our sermon today, the gospel from Mark 1. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. They have won six games straight and 12 of their last 13. They're undefeated in the conference, and week after week, they continue to climb up in the national rankings, up in the top 25. The University of Madison, Wisconsin Badgers basketball team, there's an awful lot of eyes on that team right now. What will they do? It's a younger team with mostly freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. Seems like there's so much of their season ahead of them yet. Will they go to the tournament, win the tournament? Will some of the players from the team end up with great professional careers? It's really just the beginning. As Mark introduces his gospel to us here in chapter 1, just a couple of verses before our text, he says, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And right here in the beginning, Mark takes us to baptism. Baptism may just be a trickle of water, but it's a flood of good news. And as you read through the rest of Mark, 16 chapters, thrilling gospel in page after page. Baptism, just the beginning of the good news. And it is for us Two, pardon of sins, possessing the Spirit, and pleasing to the Father. When John the Baptist went out preaching in the wilderness by the Jordan River, people came streaming to him. Mark says, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Now you and I might sometimes feel crowded at certain services here at St. Paul's. But could you imagine being among the thousands and thousands of people that went out to the Jordan River to listen to John and to be baptized by him? They did not go out to see some beautiful scenery and amazing structures and an impressive person, a great-looking professional. They went out to the wilderness. And they went out to see a roughly dressed man with no roof over his head. All those crowds, all those people did not go out for the great coffee or a generous spread of pastries and fruit. All John the Baptist had on hand was locusts and wild honey. They did not go out for amazing, inspirational music. All they heard was a voice calling in the wilderness, a gently flowing river around him. Now all those things are, are great, ways that we can give our best to God and show love to each other. But these crowds, they went out for preaching, repentance, baptism, and forgiveness. It's understandable that all those people would go out to confess their sins, because all people by nature are really a wilderness, void of life, spiritually speaking, and empty of anything good before God. A wilderness. There are so many sins to confess. As you look at the other gospel accounts of Jesus' baptism and John's uh, ministry out by the Jordan River, so many different things to confess. Spiritual laziness, People called themselves children of Abraham, but didn't want to bother living like it. Hypocrisy, people thinking that they could earn their way into God's favor, but actually ending up deeper in debt by doing that. Greed, taking whatever you could from other people. Selfishness, storing up all kinds of things for yourself, but not bothering to share any of that with the needy and the hurting all around you. Or 
lying and taking advantage of other people because you're in a position that's a little bit more powerful than them. So many sins to confess out at the Jordan River. Yet Mark doesn't mention any of them specifically. Probably because it's a little different for each person. For one person, it might be spiritual apathy. Another person, it might be pride. For some people, it might be sexual impurity. For others, clutching on to greed. Whatever sins that you bring to God's house today, that's what they are. Sins which deserve death. The people there at the Jordan River, they, they confessed their sins. But God tells us, when we're unwilling to confess our sins, 1 John chapter 1, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We also make God out to be a liar and his word does not live among us. God will not dwell where sin remains unconfessed. Those who won't confess their sins and acknowledge it, they remain a wilderness, a hot, empty future, uninhabited, where God will not dwell with them. Yet for those who came to be baptized, they were pardoned of their sins. John said, it's preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Pardon from your sins. Forgiveness is the result. And that's the result for you and me still today. Apostle Peter on Pentecost said, Every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Mark, at the end of his gospel, said, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Baptism and faith, they go together, hand in hand. By these, God saves us. Or Peter, in his first epistle, baptism now saves you also. Or Paul, in Titus chapter 3, God saved us by the washing of rebirth and renewal. That's baptism. Baptism saves us. It forgives our sins, pardons them. It turns a barren wasteland into a land of the living. It turns a desert into a fertile field. Your baptism by the promises of God's word and the water attached to it, God has forgiven all of your sins. And that was just the beginning. Week after week, we go to our baptism, which doesn't dry up. The forgiveness continues to flow from it. Week after week, we confess our sins, still find forgiveness in our baptism. Pardoned of sins, but also possessing the Spirit. John spent many words, much of his preaching, on pointing to the one who was coming after him, the one who was powerful, the one who was worthy the one who would pour out the Holy Spirit. And that one came. Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, Galilee to be baptized by John. Yet that one who came after John the Baptist was far different than anyone else who came to be baptized. Everyone else had sins to confess, but not Jesus. No sin of his own. Nevertheless, John consented to baptize Jesus as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven torn open. When Ezekiel in the Old Testament saw heaven torn open, he saw visions of God. Or Stephen in Acts chapter 7, right before he was called out of this life into heaven, he saw heaven open, the Son of Man sitting at God's right hand. Here too, when heaven was torn open, Jesus saw that and he saw God, God the Spirit, descending in the form of a dove. This is what God had promised in the Old Testament. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of might. The Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. The Son of God had also prophesied this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. 
This is also what Peter explained to Cornelius. He said, beginning in Galilee after John's baptism, where Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit and power, he began going around and doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Yes, Jesus was fully God in and of himself, but there at his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended on him and certified that Jesus had been anointed by the Spirit. The Spirit came on Jesus with all these gifts as he would go about his ministry of redeeming the world. Jesus used the Spirit then. The Spirit led Jesus. The Spirit empowered Jesus. The Spirit guided Jesus and informed Jesus as he went about his ministry. Mark says this, at Jesus' baptism was just the beginning. And Jesus would continue that on. When you were baptized, heaven was open to you. And at your baptism, the Spirit was there. You were given the gift of the Holy Spirit. At a person's baptism, they might receive a card or an envelope or money. They might receive a picture or a book, an outfit or an ornament. But far greater than all those gifts, you received the Holy Spirit. Peter said on Pentecost, be, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And just as the Spirit guided, informed, and empowered Jesus, the Spirit given to you in your baptism does the same for you. The Spirit gives you power to say no to sin. By the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body. The Spirit guides you into all truth, reminds you of what Jesus said to you by the words that he breathed in the Scriptures. The Spirit leads you in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That was just the beginning. When God gave you the gift of the Holy Spirit at your baptism, week after week, you get to follow him, be strong in him, look to him, learn from him, live by him. Baptism, the good news is just beginning. You possess the Spirit as God's child week after week. Also pleasing to the Father. Heard on the news this past week that a Sheboygan man was arrested for his fifth OWI. Apparently he was speeding down the highway and a police officer noticed this, went in hot pursuit, tried to pull the man over, but before he could, the man pulled into a driveway and tried going into a house. Now, many people who hear about this would think, how foolish. How could that man put his own life at risk, put other people's lives in danger, and not just once or twice, but this is the fifth time he's been caught. Who knows how many other times? And now it's all over the news. His name is out in the community. Is this happening to him? How must his parents feel? Ashamed? Disgraced? Disappointed? If you are a parent, you know the feeling of disappointment because your parents knew that too. Children and their foolish sins. And even when a child seems good, if only the parents knew the whole truth. Just like that man in the news, we have irresponsibly by our sins put others at risk. Just like that man in the news, we've fallen into the same sins over and over just like that man in the news, there are consequences and judgment from a higher authority. Yet there at Jesus' baptism, as he came up out of the water, God's voice sounded, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. At this time, Jesus was about 30 years old. Could you imagine living all 30 years up to that point in your life never disappointing your Father in heaven, never falling into sin, 
never doing anything wrong, always obeying perfectly? I know I couldn't. Yet Jesus did. The only one ever in all of human history, perfectly obedient, never sinned, always did what was right in God's eyes. God said to him, you are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. How much strength this must have given Jesus throughout his ministry when people doubted him or disapproved of him, when people plotted behind his back or persecuted him, to be able to think back, I am God's son. He loves me. With him I am well pleased. And Jesus continued that throughout his ministry, pleasing to God in his preaching, his teaching, his miracles, his love, even obedient to death on the cross. His baptism, that was just the beginning, so to speak. There was so much more left. Jesus pleasing his Father. When you were baptized, God said this of you too. You are my child, whom I love. With you I am well pleased, because in your baptism, God gave you Christ. Romans chapter 6 said, in your baptism you are united with Christ. Galatians chapter 3 says, you are clothed with Christ. God gave Christ's obedience, his love, his righteousness, his holiness to you as a gift. You are pleasing to the Father. This is so important because it's personal. Yes, when Jesus died on the cross, he took away the sins of the world. When Jesus rose again from the dead on account of our justification, that was to show that we had been declared not guilty because Jesus took our sentence. Just a little earlier in this worship service, in public worship, Christ's called servant says, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that's spoken to a group of people. But in your baptism, God took you personally with all of your personal struggles and sins and failures and said, you are my dear child whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. And that was just the beginning. Week after week, we come humbly back before the Father, he says the same thing for Jesus' sake. Because there, you received Jesus at your baptism, your Savior. God is well pleased with you, too. It's so exciting to follow a good team, watch their victories, watch their struggles, maybe as they play through injury. Will the Badgers end up Winning the big dance this year? Will the Packers somehow be able to go all the way? It's not over yet. Or maybe your own favorite team, how far will they go? There's plenty of time yet. This is just the beginning. As we follow Jesus throughout his ministry, throughout the rest of the church year, we won't be disappointed. There's so much good news for us pardon of our sins, we possess the Spirit, we're pleasing to the Father, and all from our baptism. It's just the beginning. Amen. Please stand. Now may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Continue with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for watching over Evelyn Springer through a fall, a hip injury, and also successful surgery this past week. By your grace, her recovery so far has been tremendous. According to your will, continue to grant increased strength and mobility to her, your servant. And we also join to pray in our Savior's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lived among us as a human being and revealed his glory as your only Son, full of grace and truth. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song. Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated for the distribution. And if you're visiting with us this morning, please also note our practice of close communion at St. Paul's.